and welcome back to the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. My name is Adam, your host. This week I'm chatting to John Morrissey. John had a stellar junior career with a high career high ranking of 30 in the world ITF. He reached the quarterfinals of the Youth Olympics in Singapore in 2010. He competed in all four of the junior Grand Slams two times each. He was a practice partner for Nadal at the French Open and for the Bryan brothers at Wimbledon. He went on to college in the US and was an All-American in his final year at Stanford University. Since graduating, John has followed his passion for medicine, training as a doctor in Dartmouth University. I really enjoyed, enjoyed chatting to John. I think he has some really great stories to share and some really good insights along the way as well. I hope you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here is John Morrissey. John, firstly, just a big thanks for coming on to talk today. Uh, how are things with you? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me on. Um, pleasure. You know, uh, how, how have the last few months uh, been for you? I know you're based over in the States, so have you been, been, have you been getting on? Yeah, I've, I've been doing well. Um, I'm at uh, Dartmouth at the moment uh, doing a joint uh, MD, MBA program. Um, so it's kind of a five-year program where you do um, both your MD and, and your MBA. And so the last few months have been making that switch from the MD uh, into the MBA program. And so that's been a little bit of an adjustment, um, kind of using, um, flexing my mind in, in ways that have happened in a few years. I've been uh, pretty deeply in, involved in the sciences. And so um, it's been a really interesting transition and um, things are going well. Obviously, uh, unique time with, with COVID and, and certainly um, an interesting time to be starting a new program and, and trying to meet new people within yeah. COVID parameters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, and just to hop into your kind of tennis journey. So, what what kind of early? What, what are your kind of earliest memories you have in in tennis? Um, yeah, well, I think so. I'm the youngest of of four, um, and we were all pretty sporty. And um, I think as the youngest kid, you you always want to play with your with your older siblings. Um, and so, in particular, um, you know, I was very keen to to play with my brothers, and, and my older brothers were playing a ton of tennis. And so, I think I kind of um started started playing just to kind of join in and and then and loved it and, and things snowballed from from there yeah yeah and so how much did you kind of train as you were as you were a junior how much would you have played and how did that kind of you know increase as, as you got older as well well it's it certainly kind of evolved i think you know i started maybe playing tournaments at, at around eight uh eight or nine and then you know, I, I would play a few different sports. I played tennis. I, I played some rugby in school. And then gradually, kind of, you start picking one sport and to focus on. And, and for me, that was tennis. And probably started focusing on that around 13, 14. And, you know, doing kind of a few mornings uh, a week before school. Um, usually, I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then every afternoon, basically, for, for a couple hours as well. And then, and then on the weekends, too. So, obviously, that evolved as, as I got older. When I was uh, about 15, I, I went over to an academy in Belgium and I started kind of training more full-time. But when, when I was in Ireland, I was probably doing you know, an hour and a half in the morning three times a week and then maybe two to three hours in the afternoon during the weekday. So it was, it was nice. fairly fairly intense, but um, yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, I know then after you moved over to Belgium and you kind of you got towards the end of those junior days, I know you yeah, you got to play some of the, the junior Grand Slams. You played them all twice, I believe. So which one was the first one you got to play? And how was that kind of, that, that first one? How was that experience for you? 
So the Australian Open was was my first uh, slam in '09, and it was an incredible experience. Obviously, you know, I, I had done pretty well on the ITF circuit to build my ranking up, and then with the calendar year flipping, um, all of the the people that kind of graduate from juniors uh, fall off, and and you're eligible, you know, your ranking inevitably moves up a bit, and, and I was eligible for the qualifying that year, and so I was really excited going over. I went over with you know, a team from the Academy in Belgium that I had been uh, working with for the two years prior. And yeah, it was, it was really great. I, I remember having to play qualifying, which was actually at a, on a different site. And then the day before my qualifying, my final round of qualifying, I remember my coach, my coach and some of the people from the team were, were going to the main site to kind of watch some matches. And he, he would say, oh, no, John, you, sh- you should stay at home. You know, want, want me to focus on my match tomorrow and not get too caught up in, in all of the, the atmosphere and everything, which turned out to be um, a smart move. I, I remember playing a pretty good match in, in the final round of qualities. And, um, yeah, it was just an incredible experience. The first day I kind of stepped onto the main site and kind of getting your, your player's badge and, and that whole experience was, was pretty immense. Yeah, yeah. Which one was the most successful for you as, as, as you played them? I would say that the, the Australian Open, my first uh, time, was was the most meaningful. Kind of having, you know, made it through the qualities and kind of having that first experience. You know, uh, perhaps I'll touch on this later, but I think my my most successful big tournament would have, was definitely the Youth Olympics. But they were all kind of they all have their own feel for them. So you, yeah, you certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we will get on to to touch on those. Youth, I'm looking forward to that. But um, just while we're Touching on the on the grand slams, which one was your favourite to play? So, so I think they all have kind of special uh, memories. I think that uh, you know, as as I mentioned, the Australian Open kind of has that like initial impact because it was my first one, and then the French is, was really special to me because when I went there in in my second year, I was directly into, into the main draw, and um, I got to practice with Nadal a couple of times, and and so that kind of has a really uh, unique bottom in kind of my memories and then obviously growing up in Ireland Wimbledon is also yeah. the one that everyone thinks about too so I'd say tough to choose just one um because they all kind of are pretty unique in in their different atmospheres and stuff yeah yeah I say you, you got to to meet and, and and train with Nadal was that in the French Open you said and it, it was yeah I was, I was fortunate enough you, the senior players often will ask the tournament to arrange for a junior player um, to practice with or to warm up with and and that year I was uh, on the ITF touring team which is uh, made up of uh, a group of you know, six or eight uh, players from countries that don't have a massive tennis history and um, they kind of you, you have to be I forget what the cutoff is but top 50 or something in in the world and they will kind of sponsor you to go on on a touring trip and so uh, Nadal's team I guess asked for a junior to warm him up for his match against Tom Agro. And then through the ITF uh, team, I, I got hooked up with them, and we played on on Chatrier, which was just an incredible experience. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we were uh, yeah, the court itself is just massive, and then warming up. Obviously, you're trying to um, trying not to miss, try to do your best. But um, his his whole team was was really welcoming. I specifically remember his physio was just kind of running around picking up the balls, and yeah, tell me, Alexia, yeah, don't, don't worry about. It. Uh, yeah, don't need to be nervous. Yeah, everyone's nervous <laughs> the first time yeah. that they're hitting it as and Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really incredible experience. And my um, brother and, and parents managed to uh, sneak into the stadium to watch it too. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of a, a nice experience. And, Amazing, and yeah. 
And how, how did you actually find it to, to train with him? Like, was you know, like you'd, you might say, like, oh, it's, it's just tennis, but like, is it when you're playing with him? Is it is it you know, it feels different? Like, yeah, it it definitely was a completely unique experience. That day was was about maybe forty five minutes, and yeah, it just kind of the speed and and the spin on his shots were were unbelievable. You know, obviously hadn't felt the weight of a ball like that before, and then. Fortunately, the next day we practiced for a couple hours. Um, I guess he, he thought that I must have uh, been a good hitting partner the day before, so I asked for me back the next day, and, and that was kind of a two-hour session, which is where I, I really got to feel his intensity, and that was that was really unique and uh, yeah, just an incredible experience that, that I'll never forget. Yeah, no, incredible. Do you, do you think you took something from that? Did you, did you learn from that and take something forward? Uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's a sense, sense of confidence. I mean, you're only really hitting up the down, down the middle for the warm up, and then you know at the end of the practice session, I remember we played a tiebreaker, and you know it's just, just you kind of feel like, oh, you know, if I can rally, and it, it certainly builds builds your confidence. I think I definitely took something from that moving forward. To you know, the next week was the next my next tournament was Wimbledon, so it was obviously a little bit different, you know, on, on the grass versus yeah. you know dealing with the heavy uh, Nadal forehand on the clay but I, I definitely took some of those intangibles seeing his work ethic and yeah. uh, intensity and things like that yeah no, I feel like to, to play with him on, on Philip Chatrier is even an, an extra element above an, an, another another practice with, with Nadal it just makes it even more special yeah definitely, definitely. yeah yeah I mean as we saw this year he just continues yeah. to dominate and so yeah first time on one of the kind of center courts at the majors too and, and yeah. just and I think, you know, until I was on there, I really grasped like how big the runoff is behind between the baseline and the back yeah. of the course. And um, so, yeah, it was it was an incredible experience and one that uh, that I definitely won't forget. Yeah, yeah. So as, as you're playing these Grand Slams, uh, you're kind of 17, 18, what's your kind of school situation? Are you still in school or are you kind of more, obviously you're, you're based in Belgium, you said in, in the academy. So is that, how's that working for you? Yeah, I was, um, so I was kind of keeping up with school. I definitely, so I, I, after my second year of playing the Grand Slams, I went back uh, to sixth year and did I did a full sixth year. But while I was away, I was kind of just keeping up with school. I was obviously taking French. When, when I initially moved to Belgium, I didn't speak any French, and all the coaching was through French, and so I'd, I'd gotten pretty fluent, and, and so that helped. And then in addition, uh, I was taking some maths classes and some English classes, um, so kind of taking it over during the tournament and, and when I was at Belgium, and then I kind of had a, an intense uh, sixth year uh, to kind of make up for everything that I hadn't covered, and then also just finish out uh, secondary school. Yeah, yeah, okay. So then as, when you do that, um, obviously tennis is still in very much the, the forefront of your mind, and, and you go off to, to college in, in the States after school. So at what point... I guess was it an easy was that an easy decision for you to, to go to the states for for tennis? Um, I, I was back and forth on it. You know, I think that you're you're playing those junior grand slams and, and you can see kind of you know you, you see the ATP guys um, playing and and kind of it's an incredible experience and you want to keep going and and you want to go right onto the pro tour and there's definitely part of me that wants to do that. And I've been pretty successful as a junior and so I certainly had kind of confidence that that I could at least give it a shot. But then. You know, as, as I found out more about college and, and my older brother went to college, so I got to kind of hear some about college through him. Just the the caliber of players at the top level in college too. You know, the frequently kind of the top 10 uh, players in college were getting to be top 100, top 200 on the HP tour. And so kind of as I found out more about college and this chance to really have incredible training, incredible facilities, incredible coaching and high level match play for for four years and kind of build my game 
and build my physique. And at that point, you're only 17, 18. You're kind of a haven't fully filled out as as kind of um, an adult tennis player. And so, you know, as, as I got to know more about college and and the opportunity to develop my game, and then also have that uh, golden safety net of of getting a, a premier education, it, it became the right choice for me. So. Absolutely, yeah. So you went to Stanford. How did you decide to, to go there? So I was, I was between a few uh, different colleges. At the time, I was, I was obviously very into my tennis. I had just been on, on the ITF tour a lot. And, and so I, one of the things was was kind of what was the tennis ranking of, of the colleges. And then uh, obviously also looking at the academic prowess of, of the colleges too. And so I was definitely looking at a few. I took a visit to Texas as well. But at the end of the day, Stanford just had an incredible balance of, um, I think they were like top five in the country at tennis and one of the top two or three in, in academics. And so it, it just was too good to turn down. And my brother had been there before as well. So that was certainly didn't hurt their, their recruiting efforts. Yeah. So how, how did you kind of settle in? How were those initial uh, weeks and months as you, as you start into that? Into that? It was, it was a big transition, but, you know, I'd lived away from home for a couple of years in Belgium. And so kind of living away from home wasn't the, uh, wasn't, wasn't that different for me. We had, uh, when I was a freshman, we had two incredible seniors, Bradley Clan and Ryan Thatcher, who were playing number one and number two for us. Brad went on to have a pretty successful pro career as well. And so they were really good in terms of looking out for us and helping us make that adjustment. And I think... Yeah, I, I think the first half of the season up until Christmas is more kind of individual tournaments and then the team-based competition happens, starts happening after Christmas. And so the first half, you're kind of getting used to it. You're getting used to balancing school and your, and, and your tennis at, at college and you're getting used to the way that college tennis is kind of set up. It's a totally different atmosphere. And you know, there's also just a ton of really good players in college. And, and so you're getting used to that too. You know, you come from being maybe one of, one of the better juniors in the world. And, and then, um, you know, you, uh, you come into college and there's a ton of really good players. And, and so that was adjustment too. And it's fortunate to have you know, great coaches and, and great seniors to kind of lead me through that transition. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did your four years there compare to what you would have expected going in? Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what, it's tough to have expect, expectations and, and you hear about you know, college tennis and you hear about uh, other people's experiences. I, I had an incredible experience and you know, I think better than I could have hoped for. I, I started off you know, playing four or five on, on the lineup. And so there was definitely lots of room for me to grow and lots of places for me to build my game. And as I said, I had, had some good mentors that helped me do that. And uh, from a tennis perspective, we, um, we were really good the first year. Brad and, and Ryan left and we took a little bit of a dip in our second year and then built our, our way back up to to winning the conference and uh, being kind of top 10 my, my senior year as well. So it was it was an incredible experience, kind of roller coaster ride from, from the tennis perspective. And then also just from a non-tennis perspective, just amazing to meet so many people from so many different backgrounds. And yeah, I, I wouldn't change it. It really was a great opportunity for me and um, opened my eyes to so many possibilities outside yeah. of tennis as well. Yeah. Do you have a couple of best memories you look back on from, from your time in college? Well, I'd say tennis specifically would be um, my senior year. We were, you know, we, uh, the Pac-12, which, which is a conference that Stanford is in, uh, is a really strong tennis conference. USC and UCLA, Stanford and Cal are all in that, and, and they'll be kind of the better tennis schools there. And uh, USC had been number one for a couple of years and won the NCAA title a few years in a row. And we hadn't 
got over the hump against them. And then um, my senior year, um, as, as captain, we were playing them. And, and if we won against them, we were going to win the Pac-12 in the conference, which also would have been the first time, and uh, came down to my match. And it was a, it was a bit of a bit of an epic three-setter and, and ended up managing to pull it out. And my parents had actually visited that weekend, and there was, there was some good celebrations. And so that, so that certainly uh, kind of working really hard and, and getting over the hump, beating USC and, and kind of coming down to, to your matches is a pretty special uh, yeah. memory for me. So that that would be be one, and then you know off off the course a, a lot of different you know from an academic standpoint. Uh, Evan Boland was a professor, an English professor, um, who I think we, we've all studied for the Leaving Cert in Ireland, um, yeah. and so you know I got to know her and, and take some of her cl- uh, poetry classes, which was pretty unique. And you know I was part of a uh, fraternity that my brother was in, and. Yeah, I remember him coming down and just being able to share some experiences with him too was also a- incredible too. And obviously you have the college football and the tailgates and, and so, yeah, there's too, too many memories to, uh, to recount. Yeah. You know, and I guess, I guess that, that's so, so special. The, the one you mentioned to, to win the conference and be in your match mm-hmm. as well. And um, I can mm-hmm. just ask you, you're, you, you were an all American. Well, what's that actually mean? Uh, so, so there's a few different ways you can become an all-American and there are criteria to meet. I, I think if you're ranked in the top 16 in singles in the year-end rankings uh, or the top eight in doubles in the year-end rankings, or if, if you make like the semifinals of uh, the individual tournament or the, the quarterfinals of the individual tournament, singles or doubles. So uh, it was my senior year, uh, ended up seven in, in the country um, with my doubles partner, Robert Steinman, at the time. So that was that was a really cool achievement to to get. Yeah, I see. Okay, it's, it's very impressive. <laughs> very impressive. Um, well, what do you think um, was the biggest thing you, you learned from from college that you made of kind of uh, you, you, you took from it and, and took forward? From just a just a life perspective, or yeah, from a yeah. tennis perspective, um, or what? a lot a life perspective. If 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 that if that's mm. what you think that the biggest kind of where, where the biggest learnings were. Yeah, I, I think what I learned was just how attributes that that made me successful in my tennis career are just so transferable to other areas you know that there's no substitute for for hard work dedication and and just kind of being when you're passionate about something just diving right in and i think you know i had no real background in in the sciences and i kind of realized that i had this passion to uh, to take care of patients and i was able to transfer just you know those same you know hours of serving at targets you know and just changed into you know learning about you know, pathology and, and cellular mechanisms and, and it's just kind of been surprising how two totally different things you know can actually bear down to some of the same traits yeah no, that's that's really good I, I do want to come back to that a little bit as well later on about kind of what what tennis has kind of you know given you and almost you know as outside of tennis and just before mm-hmm. we move off um college i know that through through stanford you have a bit of a connection with the brian brothers so just Tell me a little bit about that kind of relationship that you have with them. Yeah, um, so Stanford Tennis is um, a very storied program, and a lot of alumni like uh, yeah, the McEnroes and the Brian Brothers and, and others, Paul Goldstein. And as a result, a lot of the alumni will come back, and you know when they're in the area. And the Brian Brothers were obviously still on the tour when when I was um, at college there. And at the time, there was the SAP Open in San Jose, which I think was a two hundred and fifty HP two hundred and fifty. And uh, they were kind of practicing warming up for the tournament. And 
they asked, you know, is there someone on the team that they could they could use for some doubles drills? And so I practiced with them there and went well and ended up spending the week with them at, at the ATP tournament. And then I was fortunate enough to get a call that summer um, when they were at Wimbledon asking if, if I wanted to come over and uh, kind of be their hitting partner for uh, the Wimbledon tournament. So um, yeah, re- really incredible experience to, to kind of learn from them and hear about their stories as, as college tennis players. And, and yeah, it's uh, truly, truly unique just to get um, some of those interactions and, and learn from them. Absolutely. I know you have the Brian brothers on your list, you have Nadal on your list, you're not doing too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been very fortunate. Yeah, um, and there's a final point there on, on college. You mentioned uh, Paul Paul Galstein, who was kind of involved in with, with you as well as the coach, I believe. So, what, what do you think you learned from him? So, so he came on um, my senior year uh, as head coach, um, replaced Coach Whitlinger, and he he's just incredibly passionate about the game. He played at Stanford um, back, um, I believe it was in is in the '90s, but back then Stanford. You won basically every year. They won the the title all four years that he was there, and then he went pro and, and had a pretty successful career himself, getting to about top fifty or top sixty in the world. And uh, so when he came back, he he just brought you know a ton of energy to the program and kind of instilled this sense of uh, belief into the program. And you know he'd get out there on the court and you know he'd still beat you on the cross court drills um, and. So he really brought kind of a renewed energy to the program my senior year. And um, I think, you know, that energy combined with you know, a, a great squad was what kind of brought those successes my senior year resulting in that Pac-12 title. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to move on. I think we're going back in time a bit, but um, to, to touch on the Youth Olympics of, of, oh, yeah. um, of 2010. Um, so at, at what point did you find out that you were um, eligible to, you kind of qualified for those those games? Yeah, it was, it was. I believe that that was one of the first times that tennis was in the Youth Olympics, and and so there was a little bit of you know, figuring out what the criteria was. I believe it was is you had to be top two in your country, and then also top fifty in in the world was kind of the the breakdown. And so I was fortunate enough to meet those criteria and you know, head out to to Singapore. I, I worked with Owen Casey, who was who was my coach at the time, uh, who I believe has been on on this podcast as well, and uh, did some some great preparation and had a wonderful experience there as well. Yeah, so on that, your preparation, so how were those kind of couple of weeks before you head off? And if, how are you, you know, you're really, how's that, are you nervous as well? Like, how are you feeling? Definitely, definitely, you know, it just it's different to to uh, the Grand Slams for sure. And, um, you know, just being a part of, of an, an, an Olympics is really unique. Meeting people from the Irish team that were, uh, Competing in different sports was was really interesting. You know, seeing the the small wrestlers versus you know the the long jumpers and the you know like all the different talents and body shapes and sizes. You know, it was, it was really kind of cool. And then Owen um, Owen came up with a really great training program. He had uh, he had me in plastic bin uh, black plastic bin bags and and track suits and um, getting into the sauna after practice. And he had it all worked out to a T. And you know, fortunately, it paid off because. Um, Singapore was, was certainly humid and, and hot. Yeah, yeah. So once you get there and you get playing, I know you, you have a you know a really good run. So how were those matches and how did you kind of play and how were those experiences of, of competing at it? Yeah, I, I remember the first match. I was I was down five two in the first set, down a break. Um, I wasn't playing great, and, and there was a rain break. And I remember I went into the to the locker room with Owen, and um, 
you know, it's, it's been a while that I can't remember exactly the words that were said, but essentially, you know, I'd, I'd had a few weeks of really good preparation and, you know, just kind of focused on, on how, how I had been playing up to this point and kind of instilling that belief that I was, you know, certainly ready to, to do something, maybe make a run in this tournament. And, yeah, that rain delay, I remember, was, was certainly a key moment um, in that match. And then my kind of confidence started snowballing. Um, second second round, I remember I played Beretta, who was two or three in the world at the time, and it definitely played my, my best match of my junior career. And uh, yeah, uh, I still remember, I think it was maybe two or six, two or six, three, and then, and then seven, six um, in the second. And it's really kind of a, a unique experience because you spend your whole life thinking about Wimbledon and, and the US Open and Ronald Garros, but, you know, putting putting on the Ireland t-shirts and, and having the rings on the t-shirts, uh, it really was an incredible experience. So it was, um, was definitely something I look back fondly upon. Brilliant. Is that one of, would you say that's one of your best memories from tennis with that rank up there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd certainly put that, that up there. Um, the USC match up there, uh, the, those would both be right at the top. Yeah, um, and just a, another point there. Um, you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, but I guess what's what's so special about being at a at an Olympics or a youth Olympics is the, you know the whole range of, of sports. You know, it's not just tennis, which which is different to most events you'll you'll be at. So, do you have any kind of good stories from you know other Irish athletes? So you know being at other events or something that you know you wouldn't normally have been exposed to unless it was the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember just like kind of hearing about everyone else's uh, training programs and. Obviously, you know, every sport is at that level so detailed and so, you know, it's at such a high level. I remember I, I didn't go to anybody else's events before the tennis tournament because Owen and I had been pretty disciplined about trying to just focus on, on putting in a good performance. But after, you know, after you'd come home from, from the training center, you'd talk, to, uh, you'd talk to the other athletes and hear about their days and I remember hearing about, uh, you know, one of the wrestlers was, was four or five kilos, like overweight, you know, less than two days before his, his wrestling match and hearing about how he was going to lose all that weight. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really incredible to, to see other athletes do in, amazing things. Yeah, I think that was a special uh, part, just being part of like a broader Irish team. Mm, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, so to jump back then, so I guess... That would have been before college, and you had your time in Stanford. And then after college, firstly, what what a year was it that you finished? And then what did you then do after college? So I, I graduated in um, June of 2015, and it was kind of it was around my junior year that I that I started thinking that I, I wasn't going to pursue professional tennis after college, and so I tried a few different things. I shadowed uh interventional cardiologist uh pediatric interventional cardiologist at ucla for a couple of weeks which was really inspiring just seeing how he was you know fixing holes in in kids hearts and and that you know the patient interaction was something that uh, i was really drawn in by i tried finance route i, I did uh, investment banking internship at goldman one one summer and i basically realized that you know the treating patients was something that i was the most excited about um more excited about that then continued to pursue my tennis career. And so I went to uh, the University of Virginia to complete uh, like a 12-month pre-med course, which is in the States, you have to um, essentially do biochemistry and, and all of those courses in college before you can apply to medical school. And because I had come to medicine 
a little bit later in my decision. I uh, had to go and, and do 12, uh, like a 12 month course at, at the University of Virginia, and then did a little bit of, of research the following year and, and, and applied to medical school. So. Yeah, so, so since then, have you been, because I know you did some exams just last week, so you've kind of been on that journey since then, pretty much this yeah, exactly. So medical school in the States is, is four years in our part because you've done a lot of those core sciences. And so I, I came here in 2017 and uh, I've finished the first three and a half years of, of medical school. And then I'm taking some time out now to complete the MBA, which is basically a year. So I'll do this year in the MBA program and then finish up med school the, the following year. Yeah, I'll just uh, go back for a second there and Mm-hmm. What I mean, you said obviously this you kind of were moving away from the notion of of pro tennis and towards this this notion more of medicine. So, what main factors did you you kind of push that decision for you? Yeah, I, I think I was just thinking about my life long term and, and what was I most passionate about. And you know, there's so many opportunities uh, from a place like Stanford. I, I started exploring those, and one of those was going down to work with that cardiologist for a few weeks, and another was was having that finance experience and I think you know when I sampled a few different things just medicine was kind of igniting a passion in me that you know was greater than than anything else I think you know I loved my tennis and and it gave me so much throughout the course of my life you know the opportunity to to compete in the majors and go to Stanford and but um, I think that kind of passion for for pursuing pro tennis um, had maybe being overtaken by by just an excitement to go into medicine and take care of patients yeah yeah um as you said there you know how much it had given you so like how, how do you think that it still helps you today you know the, the background you have at that high level of tennis yeah i think honestly no matter what you do if you do it at a high level there's certain common traits you know you have to be able to work pretty hard at this you have to be able to kind of perform under pressure work well within a team you know whether you're Kind of working in in an orchestra or playing a, a playing high level tennis, and for me, kind of you know playing in in pressure environments, you know, like that match in CSC, and kind of working within your team all year, uh, which is unique about college tennis, and then just that dedication to pursuing a common goal. Those are all things that are pretty transferable for me now. You know, a physician works with a resident, works with nurses, works with hospice care. You know physician obviously has to put in lots of long hours of study and, and dedication and and so I, I have found that tennis has given me a lot of tangible skills that um, yeah. have helped me to this yeah. point and um, I hope will continue to help me yeah um, and it just it strikes me that it must have been a really kind of a really brave decision for you to to take that decision to go down the medicine route because I mean I, I imagine there would have been a lot of people around you that you know would have expected you to take the tennis route you know obviously that the success that you'd had you know, in juniors and, and in college, you know, it might have been people might have expected you or wanted you to do that. But, you you know, you, you kind of you knew what you wanted yourself and kind of stood, stuck to that. So it seems like it was the right decision for you. But people around you might have been, might have been questioning it. Is that, is that kind of, is that, is that accurate? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a, a huge switch. Um, as I mentioned, I kind of came to medicine later um, in my time at Stanford. And it's, it's a big switch. Uh, really fortunate to have just incredibly supportive family and my coaches at Stanford, um, you know, everyone support supported my decision, which was nice. It's obviously tough to give up something that was just the primary part of your life for so long and something that um, you know, had given you so much and you loved and you, and you knew you were good at for something that, you know, 
you were excited excited and passionate about, but you, know, you, you didn't know as much about and, and you knew you'd be kind of restarting at, at the bo- bottom of the, the totem pole, so to speak. And so yeah. um, it was a big decision, but happy, happy I made it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so looking at it now, what, what are your next couple of years looking like? Um, so I'll finish. Uh, so this year is a full MBA year. And then uh, the following year, we'll be finishing up medical school. And then it'll be, uh, I'll be graduating from Dartmouth and I'll do a residency. So residency in the United States, depending on you know whether you're going to surgery or internal medicine can, can vary in, in length. So it'll be here for the next 18 months and then uh, moving on to residency yeah yeah uh, and just all, all the best with with that as you as you go on because I, I know you've, 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 been you. on, you've, been, you've been on this path and you all the best for for the rest of it but uh, just a Thank couple you. more questions for you john and um, before before we finish up um if you were to give your, your your teenage self maybe your young teenage self some some advice what advice would you give yourself um Good question. I, I think that uh, college tennis is, is definitely was was a great decision for me and, and I think is a really good decision for rising junior tennis players. The level, if, if you want to go play professionally, is more than good enough to prepare you to go on. I mean, you see John Isner, you see tons of examples in the top 100, 200. And so I think you know to, to embrace the idea of, of going to college tennis and would certainly be one. And then just being open to to unexpected twists and turns in your journey. You know, um, I certainly didn't expect to go to college in the States. And then I certainly didn't expect to pivot toward medicine. And so kind of keeping an open mind and and definitely considering college tennis would be two things that I'd say. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, uh, and, and finally, what, what's your what's your favorite thing about tennis? Oh, I, um, I think there's, I love tennis because there's so many different parts of it. You know, it just, it's, kind of your mental strength against your opponent's mental strength. Um, you're figuring out their strategies, they're figuring out yours. You know, you need to be fast, but also have good endurance. You need to, you know, there's, there's so many different sides to tennis. And, and so I think it's really, really unique sport in, in that way. And yeah, um, I think that that combination of the mental and physical is something that I love about tennis. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I said final question, but like, what's your relationship no with, with, with with tennis now? Like, do you play? Do you you, do you watch? What, what, how does that fit into your your life at this stage? So I I do not much, um, but I definitely you know I, I love tennis, and so I get when I can. I play sometimes with the with the players on the Dartmouth team here, and then uh, during COVID, more recently, have been hitting a little bit with the. Uh, the men's coach here they obviously don't have organized practices this fall and so anyway that's been nice uh, the coach has some, some free time we've just, we just been getting out and hitting so um yeah i, I love to play I, I don't always have as much time as i would love to as i would like to to play but uh, yeah certainly try and try and keep it up a little bit at least yeah yeah all right brilliant i, I think we'll, we'll leave it there john just a big thanks again for for talking and and sharing your stories it's great to to get insights into that and you know, a big thanks and, and, and all the best as for the next couple of years and, and onwards. Of course, Adam. Th- thanks for having me on. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. A big thanks once again to John Morrissey for his time today. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe, comment, leave a review and share the podcast with someone you think might also enjoy it. Until next week, I've been Adam. Thank you for listening and goodbye.